0: Welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview the absolute best health and wellness practitioners from across the globe to show you what they do so that you can do it too. This is because, like you, I did not always feel that health was easy. I had tried different diets, countless exercise plans, but often felt misled by an industry that thrives on you not really getting healthy and always spending money on the next new thing. Because of this, I'm getting bare-naked on health and pulling back the curtain to show you that being truly healthy is simple. Wherever you are in your health journey, I want to show you that with minimal effort, you can get maximum results and do what you love, play with your kids, go for a hike, and crush it in your business, all while feeling great. To give you a kickstart, I encourage you to go over to bare to get the top 10 world-class nutrition tips from the experts that have been on the show, and you will see what simple health can be. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 59. In today's episode, I interview Rebel Health Tribe leader, Joe Rignola. Be sure to stick around for the end of the episode, to learn what animal best describes Joe, what really makes him happy, and why you should listen to Gandhi and be the change you want to see in the world. Alrighty, guys, another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast today, and online, I'm talking with Joe Rignola. Now, Joe, First question that I ask everybody who comes on the show is tell us about your health journey in 10 sentences or less.
1: 10 sentences. or Do I have to count or can ah, I? Uh, as just an approximate. Kind of... <laughs> yeah,
0: just give us like the, the, the 30,000 foot yeah. view and then we can dive in from there. Cool, well, cool. Well,
1: let's see. I'll go back about 10 years, 10, 10 11 years or so. I was in uh, sort of the corporate America world. I, I owned a, a, a real estate company, I was a real estate broker. Don't judge me. And. Uh, <laughs> It was, it was good when it was good and I enjoyed it, but then I I probably got too big and too stressful and my health suffered or certainly was one of the things that, that contributed to, to my health issues. Um, it certainly didn't help that I grew up with standard American fare and, and cocoa puffs and Twinkies and, and crap like that. So, you know, that certainly added to it, but, uh, I think the stress of that business was the, the, was the final straw I was on, uh, I had digestive issues, anxiety, depression. I was on all kinds of medication from, uh, f- uh, like Nexium and I would, I was known to drink like a, a bottle of Pepto Bismol in an afternoon, like an entire bottle, Wow, which is not so good for your health. No, I'm. I don't know if anyone realizes or not, that's not so good for your health. So uh, that was like my, my afternoon, uh, cocktail. And um, I, I also ended up on Paxil for depression. And I was like, gee, I don't know what's causing it. And I would eat more cocoa puffs or whatever. And I can't, I can't imagine what's causing <laughs> it. I hate my job. I hate my life. What's causing it? I don't know. Let me take some more medication. So, you know, that was that was that. And there were two uh, main drivers that kind of started me on this shift. One was that I, my blood sugar uh, was so bad that I would actually pass out on occasion, or at least almost pass out. There was one time when I when I actually passed out in the middle of a diner. Which is kind of an embarrassing story, but um, I'm kind of used to telling it now because i i I, I like to be transparent with folks so I'm, I'm sitting in a diner with a buddy of mine, and it's probably twelve o'clock at night drinking coffee because that's what you do at twelve o'clock at night, apparently <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know I started getting this this i didn't know what it was, but now I obviously I know it was a massive blood sugar drop, and I just kind of you know kind of leaned over and, and fell out of the booth of the diner uh, and my face hit the floor. So it was painful and embarrassing all at the same time. And again, didn't know what was causing it. So I got up and sat back down after I kind of came to and ordered waffles and ice cream or something to that effect. So I totally disconnected, right? Completely disconnected with with what was going on. So, you know, it was sort of an inkling that maybe I needed to make some changes. My doctor didn't really know what was going on, which is astonishing to me to this day that he didn't understand what was happening. Uh, But the real issue was when I was taking Paxil, I took Paxil for a little over a year. And, uh, you know, the side effects from that were far worse than than the symptoms it purported to to relieve. And so I told my doctor, I really need to come off of this. He's like, all right, just take half the dose for two weeks and and stop taking it. So I'm like, all right, that sounds reasonable. So uh, I do that. And the day after I stopped taking it, I started getting what I know now what know, brain zap so I was I was uh, in the bathroom brushing my teeth with one of those electric toothbrushes you know battery powered toothbrushes and I got this incredible zap that started in my head and like it it traveled down my arms and in, and even into my legs and my my knees buckled from it and I was you know I kind of looked at the toothbrush like is that thing really that powerful but honestly, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't the toothbrush and it actually happened a few minutes later and um, happened the next day and finally i jumped online and i kind of figured at that point it was because i stopped taking the, the medication and turns out that's what it was uh found some message boards this is you know this is like i said this is going back 10 9 10 years so uh it certainly wasn't the information at that is out there now but it was enough that I knew what was going on and realized I had to wean off much more slowly and uh, it ended up taking me four or five months of weaning off so slowly to not really – to not get those symptoms and in fact if I started to come down a little, little too quickly, the those brain zaps would come back. So really scary um, but in doing that research, you know, visiting the message boards and talking to other people, I realized, oh, wait a minute, you know, eating Doritos and Coca-Cola and having a life that sucks <laughs> is a contributing factor to my depression and my other health issues so I started turning turning things around and you know tried everything from vegetarian to you know the the sort of the pyramid of whole grains and and low fat to finally found something that looked something like uh, what we call paleo now Although I don't think I knew it was paleo back then so just like some some protein and some vegetables started getting my health back got rid of my business which was a huge relief. And, and my, my again, my health just contri- continued to improve, started exercising more, started getting outside more, started getting better sleep, you know, all the basic things that we talk about. And my health came back better than, than ever. And I was so grateful for that health that I decided that this is what I wanted to do. So I went back to school, uh, you know, at 37 or so, which is another kind of scary thing, really <laughs> out of my comfort <laughs> zone, but went back to school for Uh, health and nutrition. Followed up, uh, actually it was a bit of an overlap there, did the FDN course and started a a health coaching business. That was probably around 2008, 2009. And then uh, kind of found the the world of online marketing and realized I could reach a lot more people than just working one-on-one. I did a a launch of a cooking workshop about three years ago and that went really well. Uh, Shortly after that, I met Mike, Michael uh, Roseline, my my business partner now. Uh, He had something that he was working on so we kind of joined forces and and uh, took the, the this great program that he created, made it about 10 times bigger and about 8,000 times more stressful. <laughs> but it was good. I mean, we reached a ton of people and, and it was it was great. Uh, and then, you know, from there, we just sort of uh, launched Rebel Health Tribe. And uh, that's kind of where we are today.
0: Everybody needs to make sure go check out that podcast as well, because as we're talking here, only a few episodes have been released. But by the time this one releases, there's going to be more and more out there and just Awesome conversations with all other health and wellness practitioners across the board. So uh, yeah, a lot of fun. yeah, make sure to go check that out. And mm-hmm. so Joe, where, where are you on your health journey right now? What has been your biggest current struggle with your health?
1: Gosh, my current most current struggle is just dealing with stress. You know, that's something that still kind of pops up, you know, from time to time. Just owning a business, as I'm sure you know, it's gets stressful at times. And so, you know, we, we tend to push. I think, you know, it's there's a quote about entrepreneurs that, well, we'd rather work eighty hours a week so we don't have to work forty hours a week, you know. But. <laughs> What that really means is that I'd rather work for myself. I'd rather work harder, or work longer for myself than have to work in a cubicle under fluorescent, you know, fluorescent lights all day. That's, you know, that's the trade-off. And, you know, so we're striking a balance with our company now. We've got a great team. Uh, but there are times when, you know, it's like there, there's, you know, we have to work Sunday afternoons. We have to work late nights. Or there are times that that just has to happen. And that's something that, we, you know, we're willing to do because it's something that we're passionate about and and we want to reach people and we want to help people so that's something obviously we we're, we're willing to to trade off there and then you know it it allows us freedoms in another area too so the stress is you know stress management is still something that I that I struggle with K- keeping a morning routine of uh, of um you know maybe some yoga or meditation or or going for a walk in the afternoon and and reconnecting with nature to sort of balance that stress is still something that I that I struggle with and um you know, historically, I've always used food as sort of almost like self-medication, and there, there are times when I when I still do that. What I don't do is add stress on top of that, or, or guilt, or I should say, guilt on top of that. So no one's perfect, and I don't purport to be a uh, perfect, and I don't think there's there's it's necessarily healthy to be to be perfect all the time. And really, just forgive yourself and allow yourself some space to to just deal with what life throws at you.
0: And is there anything else, that like you said, or? Any, any particular practice that you have with meditation or with time outside? Because you mentioned a few of those. Is, mm-hmm. is there something that really kind of hits home for you that mm-hmm. you can do on that daily basis? You know, this is your go-to to help deal with that stress. Yeah, for me,
1: nothing relieves stress more than just going for a little hike or a walk in the woods and just being in nature. You know, I, I can meditate. I say that I can meditate. Can I meditate? It depends on what you consider meditating. I guess. I think what most people what do think. You cons- the medi- How about this? What do you consider meditating? That's a good question. So, I, I, anything that just brings you to the present moment, um, and that could be sitting down with a coloring book or sitting, or it, it, you know, it could be in the strictest sense of of what people think of meditation is sitting. You know, sitting down and and just paying attention to your breath, and that's obviously fine. I think some people believe that meditation means that you're not supposed to think at all. Um, but what it really means is, you know, is that thoughts are going to come in and thoughts are going to go out. And you just watch those like you're sitting by the side of the road watching cars go by. Um, let the thoughts come in. Don't give real any, any real energy to those thoughts and just le- and let them leave. Don't judge those thoughts. Uh, don't add any additional commentary to those thoughts. Just let the thoughts come and go. So anything that you can do to keep your mind focused on a particular thing. So like my, you know, coloring mandalas is, you know, very meditative. I find cooking is meditative. Hiking is extremely meditative. That's the one for me that is the most powerful. Heck, playing with my son is meditative. You know, I've got to be present for that. So um, anything that just keeps you present. And wouldn't you realize that, despite the fact that stress is still, you know, sometimes a, a struggle... Once you realize that there is really, really no stress in the present moment, everything is the way it is, and if you can find a way to accept the current situation that you're in, then the stress starts to fall away. Once you stop judging it, stop being attached to it, the stress starts to really fall away. And that doesn't mean you, you accept, you know, if you're in a, a poor situation, whatever it may be, a bad relationship or, a, or an illness or something, that doesn't mean accept it and that's it. It means accept it because that's the way it is right now, but then let's come up with some steps to maybe make those make changes that need to be made. You know? So um, that was a very long-winded answer to uh, what do I consider meditation? But yeah, uh, it could be a lot, of, a lot of things, anything that really just keeps you present. And it, it, it could be as simple as just sitting and breathing.
0: So if that's what you do to decrease stress, how about something, what is your favorite advice? Favorite advice? Yeah.
1: Oh, good question.
0: I would say...
1: Uh, Well, food is definitely one of them. And I don't – maybe that's not really advice because, you
0: know, for the most part, I eat healthy, although – But, yeah, it could be a particular food where it's probably not the most healthy, but you still enjoy it.
1: Yeah, and, you know, so I'll give you an example. You know, unfortunately, a few weeks ago, I lost my mom to cancer. Obviously, it's still difficult to talk about, and it's still a hard time. Yeah. And – my family is—we all love to cook. We all love food, big—you know, big Italian family. So, <laughs> um, so that for us was a, a, a part of the healing process, and still is. My dad loves to cook, and that's for him—that's talk about a meditation for him. That's the thing that I think that's getting him through it um, more than anything. Is you know, fortunately, we're all pretty close to each other, and uh, we can be there a lot. And, he, and and there's nothing he loves more than cooking it doesn't mean that the food is necessarily healthy. That doesn't mean that it can't also be healing to a certain extent. And so I've, you know, within the past couple of months, I've certainly used food as comfort. Now there was, a, there would have been a time when I felt super guilty about that. But at this point, I don't add anything else onto it. It's just, you know, I, last night my dad made some pasta with, uh, bacon and uh it was amazing <laughs> I called it, but it was like it was like a real dish and it was incredible uh, you know yeah it was gluten-free pasta at least the stuff that i ate but you know it's not the it's not health food by any stretch of the imagination but i sat there i was present for that meal i was present there with my with my family you know it was it was nothing but good so there you know i'm not going to add any guilt to it because i've counseled enough people to know that when someone adds unnecessary commentary and guilt and anxiety and stress to food, it's far worse than the food itself. So in a situation like that, I'm just, you know, very present and I enjoy it and I enjoy the time there with my family and and that's really all there is to it. Yeah, I make no apology for that for sure.
0: <laughs> no, Joe, and I, I think you bring up an amazing point and, and I've heard this touched on before and it's, you know what, you recognize, is that the perfect free food for you? No, probably not but Mm -hmm. you had probably an amazing dinner with your family. You had to sit down, laughed, cried, whatever it was, and you just enjoyed it and it tasted delicious. And next day you got up, went about your morning routine, probably had your normal breakfast and you were kind of on your way and you didn't, you didn't skip a beat because of it. Right. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. You know, I
1: think there's, again, people try to get, you know, we see it pretty much at any sort of circle, whether it's paleo or, or on the other side of the spectrum, it's vegan people trying to be, you know, really too perfect, you know, or this, this idea that there's, well, there's no excuse, you know, there's this person went through, you know, whatever, whatever, and they still stayed on track or they still got fit and, you know, uh, this person had X amount of kids and still has a six-pack, so there's no excuse. Well, maybe, well, maybe there was no excuse for that person, but th- that doesn't apply to every single person out there. And so what I would say is, yeah, th- there are excuses, and you should allow, allow yourself to have some excuses, you know, because, you, you know, trying, trying to be too perfect, again, I've seen it time and time again where people just try to be, you know, whatever, low-carb, and have you know zero carb and, and sooner or later that person is going to binge and because they were so attached to that way of eating they do add anxiety and guilt on top of on top of that. So, you know, I think you've got to really allow yourself to understand what it is that you need and and try not to add anything more on top of it.
0: Now this brings up uh I think like the mental health aspect of uh, of just health in general, I should say. And is there anything uh, or anybody that you've followed that's really resonated with you? Any books that you've read to help really cultivate that mind, maybe even spiritual health over just the physical health that's often thought of?
1: Well, you know, pretty close to the to this holistic health field is Paul Check. Uh, I never was a student of Paul Check, although I would, you know, I would love to love to be and love to have been. But um, he's a really good blend of the food, nutrition and spiritual health. But outside of that, I'm a big fan of Alan Watts. Uh, who's a philosopher, for people who don't know, from like the 50s, 60s. I think he died in the early 70s. And um, going through the difficult time that I went through recently with my mom, just listening to his lectures was, was one of the things that really helped get me through that, with some sanity at the end of it. Uh, Eckhart Tolle is another, another one who, who resonates with me. Uh, Pema Chodron, who's a, a Buddhist monk and a brilliant uh, author, writer, and listening to her lectures in particular are really grounding because here here's someone who is a, a Buddhist monk and teaches people how to meditate and she will be the first to tell you that she sucks at meditating. And so it's kind of refreshing. <laughs> refreshing to to hear that. So, you know, I guess I like people who are very real and transparent and open and honest, but you know, those are the kind of the people off the top of my head that have helped me on on this journey.
0: What is something you see that people struggle with being uh transparent about and honest about when it comes to their health.
1: I think it goes back to the perfection where people, uh, I see people say, well, gee, I don't, I don't crave sugar anymore since I went low carb or I don't, you know, I don't crave this anymore. It's like, really <laughs>
0: <laughs> at all? Really? Jill, Are you sure. <laughs> that's actually one of the most profound things I've heard really in a long time. Like that one just kind of blew me away right there because really? <laughs> I can completely relate. Like I can eat it as clean as I want for, weeks on it and it still doesn't mean i'm not wanting something if i'm seeing a commercial for it if you're walking by it in the store like it's still and what's what's wrong with that like really what's wrong with that yeah you could if you it doesn't mean you
1: cave in and you have dunkin donuts every day right it means acknowledge that there's that there's a craving there or that this food friggin' tastes good man (laughs) you know (laughs) acknowledge that there's nothing wrong with that and i think part of it is just once you acknowledge it you kind of take away some of the power
0: that's a big deal. Uh, thank you for that. I I, I hope everybody can kind of take something home on that one because yeah, that's a. There's big no deal shame. Right you there. know
1: what? That's the thing. There's no there's no shame in admitting that food tastes good. You know, uh, you know, if you, you want peanut butter and jelly or, or ice cream or something like that, again, it doesn't mean that you're gonna sit there and eat a gallon of ice cream. It means acknowledge that and admit that that food tastes good and maybe there's some, something serviceable about that food or about having some of that food. Um, just to give you another example, I had a client a couple of years ago who uh, had a very specific goal. You know, we helped her kind of really uh, get clarity on what her goal was and it was she wanted to uh, be a firefighter and, and go through the, the fire academy. But the point is, she went. She had a you know a really stressful day, and you know she says to me, I oh, I went off on the rails. You know I went you know, I went off the rails, and I, I feel terrible. I went to this ice cream shop, and I got an ice cream sundae and a milkshake, and you know I just I I, I, don't, I feel terrible. I don't know. And I was like, well, did you? And the only thing I said is, did you enjoy it? Did you actually enjoy it? So the point is, she added a ton of guilt on top of that. I'm not sure exactly where I was going with this or what the original question was, but you know, I guess the point the point being is is you know maybe you don't need to eat an entire ice cream sundae and a and a milkshake because what happened was I said, "Did you enjoy it?" She's like, "I don't even remember eating it." I'm like, so next time you you feel like that, you feel stressful, and you feel, if you feel like food is going to be the thing that grounds you and brings you back down and relieves some anxiety, acknowledge that, be present with it. get, get a, maybe don't get a milkshake and a, and a huge ice cream sundae, but maybe get some get some ice cream. But you know, go sit down in a in a park. You know, be there and enjoy it, and you might find that you eat half of it or you eat a few scoops of it, and it's done the job that you need it to do where it's really because honestly sugar is is stress it does really stress it it actually lowers cortisol, so a little bit of that in the right situation and under the right circumstances it may you know may not be the worst thing. Um, but sitting there and, you know, gorging on this stuff and that's what happens when people restrict, restrict, restrict and they, they're hit with a stressful event and then they go completely off the rails and and, uh, and they gorge themselves on these things. So I think, again, just, you know, acknowledge it and then realize that maybe you don't need it uh, as much as you think you need. You don't need uh, an entire uh, dozen of Dunkin' Donuts or or something like
0: that. Joe, I want to shift gears here uh, a little bit. I want to ask you because uh, you have two books out, The Definitive Way to Go Gluten-Free – Yep. And so, planting seeds for health. You want to talk either a little bit about the books or just the inspiration behind them? Sure. It even? Um, the
1: the first one I wrote was the definitive way to go gluten free, and and somehow I wrote that book shortly after my son was born, about four and a half years ago. Now you have a little one too, and so you tell me how how did I? I don't even know how I did that.
0: But <laughs> I you know, was wondering the same thing myself.
1: <laughs>
0: but it was. Um,
1: for me, I wanted to learn as much as I could about um, about how gluten affects the body, and there was no better way for me to do that than to just, than to try to write a book about it. And it really forced me to dig as deep as I could into the research, and I you know became a complete geek about it. Um, I mean that in a great good way, you know. <laughs> and uh, for me, I realized my wife is celiac, so we've been gluten free for as long as I can remember, almost. But I still wanted to understand why I didn't feel good when I eat gluten and why when I was working with clients, why most of them, if not all of them, felt better when they stopped eating gluten. And so I I just really dove into the research and the, the history of it um, and wrote that book. And, you know, at the time, my thought was that no one really should be eating it. And it's kind of, that's sort of changed. I think most people are better off without it, but there are clearly people who can eat it and and don't have any deleterious effects from it. Um, so that was, that was the idea behind that book. The, the second book, so was really a book that I wrote for myself. I, I was actually in a slump, sort of a, kind of a, in a funk around that time. And I was listening to, uh, People like Seth Godin, I don't know if you're familiar with him, he's another yeah. great author, uh, Stephen Pressfield, who wrote the, uh, the War of Art, one of my favorite books of all time. Um, and these, you know, that's, that, those, are the, those books really started to help me, but I realized that you know, if I'm struggling with this, there's, there's going to be a lot of other people who are struggling with you know, just staying motivated and following up on your goals. And so I started writing that book almost as therapy for myself. And digging myself, sort of digging myself out of out of a bit of a hole that I was in at the time, and so what it started out as just like a seven day plan which was going which was initially going to focus mainly on diet and, and food related stuff, uh, but uh, it ended up being uh, like a, a much more of a motivational book and a tool for people to use to really get clarity on what their goals are, what their why is, and then the steps to really follow through with that. And so I'm, I, lo- I actually like that second book better than the first one. I, I think it still kind of stands up. And um, for me, I can kind of go back to it myself and remember where I was when I started the book and then where it was when I finished it, which was kind of like night and day. So I really I really like that book a lot, actually. <laughs> um, but so, I mean, if people are getting that book thinking that it's going to be about nutrition, um, it's almost not at all about nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> So then, Joe, what is your why? Good question. That's morphed a lot over the years. Yeah, or um, I
0: guess I should say, what is your current why, maybe, yeah.
1: right? Uh, my current why is with Rebel Health Tribe in particular, we, we're creating um, a community and an environment where people can learn how to help themselves um, with, you know, with obviously with our guidance. But to that end, it's, you know, we want to build a successful company and because I want security for myself and, and for my family. And that's priority to me is, is making sure that my family is safe and secure and taken care of. I've got, a, you know, like I said, a four-year-old son. We've got another one on the way in, in about a month or so.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you. So it's, uh, you know, it's, life's, life's crazy. And, they, you know, when my son was born four years ago, I was still kind of up in the air as far as, you know, is this thing going to work? Is this business going to work? This is before, even before Rebel Health Tribe. You know, am I going to have to go back to work for my dad in, in construction? You know, or am I going to consider, you know, going back into real estate, which, you know, is a business that probably almost killed me, you know, but these were questions that I had four or five years ago. Um, What was the most powerful thing to me is I knew when my son was born that I needed to show him that he could do whatever he wanted to do, that he could follow his dreams. He can make a good living doing something that he was really passionate about and helping people. And there's only one way for me to do that, and that was to do it. And so that was, you know, that was, again, the decision for me was uh, this is like, I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice because, you know, I grew up partly in a household. I mean, a, amazing family, uh, incredible parents. But I, I don't think my dad was ever really doing something that he was passionate about for money. There was a certain amount of anger for probably lack of a, of a better word. My dad's a, a phenomenal musician, jazz sax player, incredible, uh, could stand up to the greats, you know. And, um, that was something that was for nights and weekends. And that was kind of what we were told growing up that, you know, well, that's you know, that's a hobby that's, you know, you want to write, you want to write, you want to make music, you want to, whatever it is. Well, that's, that's a hobby. That's something for nights and weekends. And I, I always resisted that saying, no, I, I, you know, this is really what I want to do. And, and so, you know, for me. I I say that, by the way, about my dad, because as now that he's retired, that's all he does is play music. (laughs) So I have no, I have no hesitation saying that. I believe that that's what he really would have wanted to do for his entire life. And, and he's have, you know, it's great now he still plays in like dive bars now he's gone it's kind of gone full circle and it's fantastic uh but i you know part of me thinks that he would have liked to have done that obviously for his main source of of income and for his, his li- livelihood but uh so for me i needed to make sure that i showed my son that that's possible and again there was only one way for me to show him that is that is to show him me show me doing that and so Again, that's – so getting back to what's my – that's my why. My why is I need to make this thing work and, you know, it's been a struggle. But you persevere and you keep breaking through. Keep breaking through the blocks and never give up to sound cliche. But, you know, my my why, again, is just to to make sure that he understands that that's attainable and that's possible.
0: And there you touched on – again, this is – your why is partly based around the Rebel Health Tribe. And Mm -hmm. Mike was on the show maybe a month or two ago and we talked Mm -hmm. about it a little bit. But I want to get your perspective on it. What do you feel is one of the unique things about the rebel health tribe?
1: Oh for sure it's our community. It's without question it's our community it's it's the, the both the people who we have contributing for us that we have incredible people who you know uh, make videos like like you did, write articles, incredibly smart people, but it's also the the community who is so completely engaged and so smart that Mike and I, every day, we're just blown away. I mean, we we do our, our uh, microbiome series, you know, once a month where we have our, our sort of our resident microbiologist come on and answer questions, either about a topic or or just random questions. And he's, he says, you know, the, the questions that I get from your tribe is smarter than some of the questions I get from doctors when I speak at <laughs> seminars on, on the weekends. And it really just goes to show that, you know, the community, our community is very unique, really responsive, really smart, um, does their research and, and desires to be as healthy as possible. And, and we're just, we're really honored by that. We're honored that we're sort of their, their go-to spot for, you know, for, for some, of that, some of that insight. And, we're, you know, we're happy to, more than anything, we're just, we connect people with the best of the best, the smartest people that we, that we know. We, you know that's what we do better better than anything is just connect our audience with some of the best experts in the world and so i you know i think that for us it's it's really about the community and that's kind of what separates us
0: so going off of that what is and this is almost a three-part question you could answer one or all three uh what is your vision sure. for a healthy future i mean for yourself and family for the rebel health tribe or just for the mm-hmm. world in general and like maybe in 10 years in 100 years what do you think yeah. Maybe any or all of those are going to look like
1: my vision, you know, kind of globally is that people realize that having just stuff is not what's going to make them happy. So what ultimately I, I what I see and what I hope accelerates is that people are are turning kind of turning the clocks back and, and going back to sort of a, a more simple life, a more minimalist existence where we don't need to collect, you know, a bunch of crap. To make us happy, I, I see a younger generation of almost homesteaders coming up that are raising a lot of their own food and just living more simply. And so that, you know, for me, that's where I would like to see, you know, my life continue to go. Uh, I, I'd like to see that happen globally. And I think more, more, the more people kind of focus on just living more sustainably, you know, lo and behold, there's a huge correlation between living healthy and sustainable and the, and the health of the planet in general. So for me, that's kind of, that's where I would love to see things go. And I do see that shift happening, but yeah, just, you know, living more simply living closer to the earth, it's a healthier way to live and it's healthier for the planet. And I think that's kind of where I'd like to see things going. And it's the kind of thing that, you know, I want to continue to talk about at Rebel Health Tribe. So, you know, hoping to continue moving the needle in that direction.
0: What is your definition of happiness?
1: Realizing that everyone is connected, I think there's this myth that we're separate from nature, instead of with that we are nature. And when I when I allow myself to really contemplate that, it's like everything else seems absurd. Like all the anxiety and the stress and the things we're worried about see, seem absurd to me. And those are some of the happiest moments when when I when I sort of remind myself that it, each of us are connected and there's absolutely no separation between us and the natural world. And and that we're just a you know we're there's no way to to extract yourself from nature you're you're a part of it and I think once people realize that then you know the happy happiness you know increases I think when people um, think about themselves as separate from from other people and nature there's uh, immediate um, resistance and, and stress and then the other part of that is just clinging to things or we talked you know talked of I was just talking about, you know, that we don't need stuff. We don't need more crap in order, in order to make us happy. And, uh, and not clinging to anything ha- and not, a, you know, not being attached to things, not being attached to um, the outcome of things and just enjoying, you know, the journey itself is a big part of that. So to me, that's the, those are the two things that kind of come to mind when I think about what makes me the happiness, the happiest. is just you know, realizing that everything's connected and we're all kind of part of this. We're all in this thing together. And at the same time, not being attached to it all.:
0: How could people simplify that then for themselves, to become less attached to things? Is there anything that you've found that works for you or things that others have shared with you?
1: Uh, one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot is, you know there's this picture of, um, if you Googled Hubble Telescope galaxies. Um, so, people listening to this is going to be maybe hard to sort of visualize this, but the um, Hubble telescope, if you don't know, is the most powerful telescope in the world. And uh, I'd focused on a small square in the sky and kept the, the shutter open on this thing for I don't know how long weeks to let as much light in as possible. And the picture that it took was stunning. And at first glance, you would think it was maybe stars or planets, these. Little flashes of lights in this little tiny you know square of a of a photo, uh, and then you realize that they're not planets, they're not stars, they're actual galaxies. And there was fifteen hundred of them in this one picture, and so you could take the camera, turn it you know ninety degrees or whatever five degrees to the to the right or left, and take another picture, and it would be the same thing. And so it's like we're we're part of this infinite uh, universe, and I think uh, once people can kind of wrap their head around that, it's sort of like, wow, you know, uh, we are not insignificant, but a part of something so much greater than ourselves. I'm not sure if that answers your question or not. If I just went way off,
0: I, I, I like where it went either way. Uh, <laughs> no, um, it may be hard for people to grasp that. It, so it may not be easy, but that is a very simple way to look at it, though, too. Yeah. So it's, I'm going to have to. Check out this picture. Uh, yeah, it's really crazy. Uh, yeah, that, really that just sounds yeah. amazing, though. Yeah. So, Joe, if we're, if we're getting back to to nature uh, and happiness mm-hmm. here, then too, what is the animal or even maybe plant that best describes you? Wow,
1: that's a really good question. Animal or plant that best describes me? Uh, I've always kind of, for some reason, uh, liked birds. So I don't know. I mean I wanna almost get, get more philosophical than than that, but birds for me is like, you know, just being able to uh have that have that freedom. I think we kind of need to remind ourselves that we have more freedom than we have uh I forget it's probably like an Emerson court or something that, you know, says I you know, I look out the window in the trees and I see the birds and I and I envy them because they can fly you know they can go anywhere they want and then I and then I remind myself that I could do the same thing I'm paraphrasing it's something no
0: like that. I I know <laughs> I've heard that before and I'm trying <laughs> to remember that's the thing yeah. uh any any particular bird oh it, or said, just it that said it's something like you
1: know, he says to the he's like saying to the bird why are you sitting in this tree when you can go anywhere and then I remind myself the same thing that's kind of that's closer to what it was okay. great quote
0: <laughs> this is this is a uh, Joe Rignola, uh one one of a kind instead, this yeah, 100%. exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> the butchered in is what we're really. Uh, to
0: any say. particular bird though that really speaks to you? Um, not really. Just not that really. almost freedom to fly. Then too, sure, yeah, I like yeah. it. I like it. So Joe, if okay, you are talking about even uh, the Italian culture before? Mm-hmm. Uh, even in just travels around the U.S., travels around the world, anything you've done before? Is there anything that you've seen? or uh, partake in, like, that the U.S. could really adopt, or just people in general could adopt from other cultures to make themselves healthier. We
1: haven't done a tremendous amount of traveling. We've done, done a, a bit in the, in the United States, Mexico. What I, you know, a little bit from Mexico, and we, we did some, some hiking there, so it wasn't always in the resort, but we, we did come across people who just do live closer to the land and, you know, cook every meal. So I, I would say, you know, most more ancient cultures will uh, grow their own food and, and cook their own food. And I think that's probably a, a lesson that we can learn, you know, from anyone that is just, if you're preparing most of your meals, it's going you know, by default be, you know, be healthier.
0: And do you have a particular meal that you like to cook? Like that's Hey, you have one thing to cook. This is what you always have as a go-to in your back pocket. There,
1: uh, we have make a couple of different versions of, of uh, a slow-cooked uh, pulled pork. Um, one is just a, a pretty standard barbecue pulled pork, and then we make another one. It's like a, um, a apple balsamic pulled pork, and they're both really simple. Um, usually, you can take you know if you really want to do it on the uh, uh, as easy as possible with the barbecue one, it's just organic ketchup and balsamic vinegar and some spices <laughs> like that's easy as it gets and you throw that in a slow cooker with uh, a, a pork shoulder or something and and let that go for the day and it's amazing you know generally we'll we'll do you know we especially in the summer when we're growing our own vegetables and and uh, tomatoes and things like that you know we'll make it a little bit more from scratch and use uh, use fresh tomatoes and the other one is is uh some spices and um, chopped up apples and a little bit of uh, balsamic vinegar and let that roast, let that slow cook for 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 the day. And both of those things were amazing, um, like restaurant quality stuff and super simple. So those are, those are, we kind of like that. That's sort of our go-to thing.
0: Getting near dinner time here as we're talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> and should have started that a few hours earlier in the day. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, Joe, how about what's what's your current area of study? Is there anything you're really diving deep into right now? I've always been fascinated with Eastern philosophy, um,
1: but going through the you know this this uh, kind of a, a stressful period in in my life, um, I'm diving much more deeply into Eastern philosophy, Buddhism and Taoism and in particular. Completely fascinated by that. Uh, so those are the things I don't really read or study too much about nutrition anymore. I feel like. I'd rather connect other people who are way smarter than me with the people who need it. Um, and for me, it's just, you know, I, I'd rather help people develop more spiritually and, and myself more spiritually and, yeah, mentally.
0: So I know you talked about a little bit like Alan Watts, uh, Eckhart Tolle, uh, Pema Chodron. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any anybody that was a little off the wall that, like, because there's just some bigger names there, mm-hmm. any ones where you just kind of stumbled across it and were like, Wow, this was very powerful,
1: very moving to you. And not that I could think of other than Alan Watts. I mean, Alan Watts, if you listen to some of this stuff, it's pretty off the wall and profound and amazing. But, you know, off the top of my head, I really can't think of someone who's who's, um, – Ray Kurzweil is pretty wild. He's got some pretty intense ideas you've got to be in, in, in the right frame of mind to dive into that. But that's, that's pretty interesting. But, um, you know, if I was going to recommend one person for me right now, it's all, it's Alan Watts, just go on YouTube and and listen to some of his lectures and it's pretty mind shifting.
0: If you could ask him one question right now, what would it be? Wow. What a good question.
1: Um, I would probably ask him how he thinks the different cultures particularly in, in today's world, different cultures, different religions, different backgrounds, how he thinks that we can sort of heal the rift that's apparent. You know, the idea that, well, you, you were born on that side of this imaginary line in the middle of freaking nowhere, so I'm not <laughs> allow, I'm supposed to hate you, you know, and that's quite prevalent uh, today. So I would, I would ask him if, what his thoughts are and how we can sort of heal that.
0: What do you think he would say? Uh,
1: <sighs> the pessimist in me says he would say that we can't. <laughs> uh, but that's not but necessarily what threw, a bad
0: answer right there either if, yeah I, if, 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 if that's, that's how he feels it, yeah
1: yeah but i think you know it, it would be more along the lines of well don't worry about what other people are doing just do what you know is right and um you know again to to be cliche and quote gandhi be the be the change you want to see in the world so i think it was you know his answer would probably be along along those lines is just live it be it be the thing that you you would like to see in the world, and project that, and be a projector for what it is you want to see, and treat people the way your vision for the world is. Treat people equally if that's you know if that's your vision for the world, then then live it and be it.
0: Being an entrepreneur, Joe, I'm I'm curious. What is your take on sleep? Do you feel that everybody needs those eight hours? Uh, is it, is it less? Is it more? What do you think about that?
1: That's a good one, particularly being an entrepreneur and particularly going through, you know, a stressful event. Um, and the and a second answer, child on
0: the way even, yeah.
1: Yeah, and a second child. So the shorter answer is, is yes. I mean, I, th- I think that sleep is probably one of, if not the most important aspect of health. I, I would say it's about equal with, with stress management. But it really kind of goes hand in hand with stress management, because what better way to, to, to recover from stress than sleep? Um and so yeah I think it's extremely important. Does everyone need 8 hours? Maybe not necessarily, maybe it depends on the person. But I don't think anyone can function well for a long period of time if they're only getting 5 or 6 hours of sleep, four, five, six hours of sleep like some people do. Um there's going to be a, there's going to come some point in your life if that's what you're doing, uh, it's just not going to be good. You know, of what and it, it's you know, speaking of entrepreneurs, one of my favorite people is uh Gary
0: Vaynerchuk, exactly.
1: Gary Vaynerchuk. So I love Gary Vaynerchuk. I think he he gives a tremendous amount of value. Uh, But one of the things he he mentions a lot is like, oh, I work eighteen hours a day, and if you want to, you know, you want to succeed, that's that's what you have to do. You have to hustle. You know, I go to, you know, you go to bed at two o'clock, you wake up at six o'clock, and it's like, good for you, man, but that's just not going to work out for you forever. There's going to come a time when that he's going to hit a wall and everything that he's worked for i mean maybe maybe i'm completely projecting and uh, but there's he runs the risk of falling down and losing some of everything that he's worked so hard for and so but maybe he's an outlier maybe he's an anomaly and that's not going to happen to him but i would say for most people the vast majority of people who are going into business who want to be entrepreneurs uh you better take care of yourself you better make sure you are getting sleep and you're doing something to Manage the inevitable stress that comes along with being an entrepreneur. Um, and if you don't do that, what's the point? Is you're going to fall down and risk losing everything that you're working for. So, yeah, sleep's super important. That's the, that's the shorter answer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> do you have a specific nighttime uh, routine for yourself? We talked a little bit about the morning, yeah. but how about in the evening?
1: Sure. I mean... In a perfect world, I will have my my salt lamps on at night, so I'm not getting the blue light. Um, if I do need to be on the computer past, you know, say eight thirty nine o'clock, I'll wear like my UVX orange glasses, or I have ones that are a bit cooler than the UVX goggles. But um, I don't know if
0: they can be cooler than that.
1: They are pretty. Those are pretty bad. <laughs> no, I have, I have ones that look almost clear, and they have like a a frame that is probably too young for me, but, (laughs) uh, but at any rate, yeah, I have a couple of those, a couple of those glasses laying around the house. So if I do need to be working a little bit later, I'll, I'll wear those. But ideally, you know, the computer's off the TV's off by, by no later than nine o'clock, I'll be reading a book or something, uh, until, uh, you know, maybe 10 o'clock, uh, usually using the, the salt lamps to, to see by which bright enough for that. And, uh, that's really it. If I feel like I need a little extra help sleeping, there's, uh, like, you know, I'll maybe try a little CBD oil, which is, um, really effective for stress and anxiety and sleep. So, uh, but yeah, that's kind of a typical night trying to keep the lights low and try to be in bed by 10 o'clock, 1030 at the latest. That doesn't always work out though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but that makes it going back to what we were talking about before, keeping it simple
1: yeah keeping it simple and again you know if, if there's a situation where we've we've got a big project that we're working on and i have to work late then that, that's the way it is and again i'm not gonna uh, it's the same thing as food do i add guilt and and more anxiety on top of that or do i just say this is the way it is right now and and you know next week i'll be able to go to bed earlier and everything will be everything will be fine so i try and keep that perspective with just about everything
0: very nice joe very nice so joe a couple last questions i have for you sure. in closing here uh who would you want to hear on this podcast, and what would you either want to hear them talk about, or what would you want to ask them?
1: Uh, wow, good question. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of people who are in this space or, or well, not. It could, I could mean, be anyone, It doesn't right?
0: matter. Anything <clears throat> yeah. across the board, yeah.
1: Pol- checks one of those people that I really enjoy hearing from. So put him on your list because th- that's probably even doable. It may it may take months to to schedule him, but uh, he'd be a good one. He's such a, he's a great person to, to to talk to, to to listen to. Not sure what I would ask him, but uh, he's he's a good one.
0: He's one of those. I mean, I probably don't have to ask a question the entire time, and it's going to yeah, be an just let him podcast. go exactly. Yes. Yeah,
1: so he's a good one. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. I don't know. I don't know. I really I, you kind of caught, caught me on that one. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Either else, way, else that's that
0: would, still uh, that's still a great answer right there. Sure. <laughs> uh, so Joe, in closing, where can our listeners find more about you uh, on the internet? Where can they go to just find out more about the Rebel Health Tribe, the podcast, everything? Yeah.
1: Simple. Everything's at rebelhealthtribe.com. That's where you can find the podcast. I have myself about 30 or so articles that I've written myself over there. And then we've got a great tribe of contributors over there and a great community. Um, the podcast is there. Like I said, uh, I have a, a series called Rebel Health Report, which is kind of a almost a satirical kind of uh, – uh, health news report that I do there that I have to get caught caught up on again. Actually, uh, we have cooking videos, we have tons of recipes, and so that's it. It's simple. Rebelhealthtribe.com. That's where you could find me there.
0: Any last requests then for the audience? Anything you would ask them uh, to do, to share, or anything like that?
1: Um, right now we you know we just kicked off our podcast, so you know iTunes uh, search Rebel Health Tribe. Uh, you know, it's not the most creative name, but it's the Rebel Health Tribe podcast. You know listen in. we've got um, we've got some great people that we've already interviewed we, we've got about 20 25 episodes that we've recorded already so we've got uh you know a good store uh, built up there so yeah uh, i I would say if uh, they they could do one thing that would head over to iTunes and, and check out our new podcast
0: there you go everybody make sure go ahead check out rebel health tribe uh see what it's all about and enjoy the community aspect that yes. they have set up over there so Joe, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Nick, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening. And don't forget to head over to barenakedhealthpodcast.com to get your top 10 world-class nutrition tips from the experts to help you simplify your health journey. While you're there, go to my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Also, if the show has helped you out in any way, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and a five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out with how simple health can be and helping to share the podcast with others.